Welcome to Working Dog Radio. Broadcasting the Bite. Hey everybody, this is Eric. We are back, episode 53. So, you know, I retired back in November and we did um, a rant episode, a retirement rant episode. We also did one last year and um, we, we've done some research and the two rant episodes we did were, I think in the top five or six uh, downloaded episodes uh, that we had. So we're yep. like, well... We must have something there. So we're going to do another one today. We're, we're calling this the state of canine. Um, we have some pet peeves and some bitches that we're going to get off our chest. And then we have some questions from our patrons at our Patreon page that uh, we're going to throw out there. So um, Ted from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ted, how's it going? Awesome. I uh, just got back home this morning. Uh, I went down to Dallas to see Ray uh, from our other HRD canine business. Um, Ray now lives down in Dallas, but he and I went to the Slayer concert last night, which uh, <laughs> was interesting. So you met him, right? You met the. <laughs> oh yeah, we did the meet and greet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty awesome. I mean, they uh, super nice guys. Um, I thought Gary Holt would be a lot taller than he actually is. Um, huh. I mean, you see the picture of him, you're like, oh, this dude's got to be like nine feet tall. No, nah, he's like five, eight. No, nah, he's, he's like, he's shorter than I am. So I was like, oh, damn. And I was like, ah, dang. All right. Super nice guys. Uh, super quiet. You would never think that the lords of thrash and death metal would be <laughs> like normal dudes. It was a cool concert. Great venue. Uh, Eric, uh, Ray and I had a ton of fun. Um, so, yeah, we're going back in a couple of weeks. Hagner's going to be with us. We're going to go to Hate Breed down in Dallas again. So we got meet and greet for that one too. So it should be interesting. And uh, by the time, yeah, it's awesome. By the time this airs, um, we will have been back in town from our Philly HRD uh, seminar, which starts on Monday. Um, uh, by all accounts, it's going to be the biggest one so far. It sounds like we've got 21 or two uh, teams and we've got six audit spots is what it sounds like. So, Cool. Are you um, you going early? Yeah, I'm going up on Friday. Um, going we're going to, to see the sats. Yeah, we're going to go take a picture in front of the Liberty Bell. And um, Blake Chandler, um, one of the homies from northern New Jersey, he's got a super nice dog, though. I love Blake to death. He's bringing this dog up, and we're going to let Sean get bit on the steps where Rocky did his thing. So nice. uh, I don't know how that's going to work out. And I, we got to have an exit strategy. So there should be some shenanigans to be had. But yeah, we're going up early. Uh, I'll be up there on Friday. So, or Friday night. So, Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday through Wednesday, we're doing the HRD thing. So, yeah, uh, that's it. HRD that's, Police Canine. Yeah. I mean, we are booked up for the year for 2019. So, if you're listening to this and you're watching that, um, we just announced another one in uh, since we aired. Yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. And um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Also, Flint, Michigan, and I think we had just figured out that we were gonna be down in Marion County, Florida, with Jay Nix and the boys uh, while we did the episodes at uh, Blue Line. So um, those are rounding out the year. So we still have Arkansas, we still have Vegas, uh, we still have West Virginia. That creepy ass prison thing that's mm-hmm. going to be scary where else oh, yeah. we got Mount flint, Mich- yeah flint, flint michigan uh then we're gonna go see howard young um out in north carolina uh then florida and now flint michigan so i think we have vegas too yep yeah, vegas i you said that vegas? with cameron yeah. yeah with cameron cameron ford 
Yes, yes. So, so what do you HRD to? Police Canine, look it up, yeah. man. We're gonna be we're all over the country. So if, um, unless you're like on the West Coast. But well, no, if we're going to Vegas, so if Southern California people come over to Vegas, man. Yeah. And uh, I know there's some good groups and some good teams over there. Come on over and let us fuck with you a little bit. For sure. What have you been All up right, to? So here's the thing, guys. Uh, these podcasts, man, we love we love making them for you. We uh, love the response that we've gotten from everybody. But one thing we really do love is our sponsors because this is not cheap. You know, we're not making money from this. We uh, do this for you guys. We love it. So we have sponsors, and uh, we're going to talk about them a little bit. One of my favorites, man, is RayAllen.com. So everybody in the business knows Ray Allen, right? They've been around a long time. Um, What people don't know is Ray Allen is uh, for all dogs, not just working dogs or police dogs. They have pretty much everything you need when it comes to dog stuff. They've been doing it a long time, and they're uh, constantly innovating. But here's something cool, too. A lot of people don't know, man. If If you're one of those people that you have like a fantastic idea, but you don't know how to manufacture it. You think this would be perfect for canine. Check out Ray Allen, man. Contact him. They uh, they do pretty good deals with their people on sharing profits and stuff with canine guys and companies and just like uh, Primal Canine helped them. Yeah. You know, they invented that uh, hoodie dual pocket, one side for treats and the other side for a toy. That thing is no joke freaking genius. Well, and then um, they did the uh, the. Tricos deal for us. So we started making the Tricos collars and leashes for uh, Ritland and the boys down in Texas. And uh, it shouldn't come as any shock that I am not an equipment manufacturer. I am a dog trainer. Hmm. And um, the Logan and Mike turned it over to the boys at uh, Ray Allen and they're now producing the Tricos stuff for um, for them. So you can get it from no, them. No, that so, stuff's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So RayAllen.com. Listen, guys, there are several equipment manufacturers in the United States. Several. There are two big players, two, Ray Allen, and then the other one, their name would suggest that they are like super special, right? Ray Allen is the only one of those two that is not owned by a convicted sex offender and gun felon. If you can't fucking figure out what I'm talking about, (laughs) you're giving money to a criminal. Stop it. RayAllen.com. Criminal free. (laughs) And discount code. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, we have... Hold on, I'll pull it up. We have a great discount code with them, man. And it is... Mention Working Dog Radio. Working Dog Radio. You get 10% off your next order, rayallen.com. How can you beat that? 10% off supporting good people, not supporting a criminal, rayallen.com. Yeah, so speaking of good equipment, um, it's no secret that we both use Dogtra. We have for a long time, even before they started sponsoring the podcast. I, uh, everybody knows I love the 1900S, the hands-free. Um, one of my oh, handlers. Yeah. Okay, one of my handlers um, started wearing, and if you follow us on Instagram, you'll see where he's been wearing um, the remote uh, the button for the remote, um, he actually wears it on his vest and the, the remote just stays out of the way. He says on his duty belt. So he's not messing with it. And when he has to use it, it's literally on his non-dominant side, he just reaches up, tags it and corrections issued. No problem. Big. It's a super, super nice way to deal with having to carry an excessive amount of shit. If you're a canine handler, uh, on patrol. And you know, the other thing is they just released a new ball popper. I have three of those things. They're popper and dropper. 
and they released a new version of it called the Pro. So they talk to guys like you and I, and they you know like, what were the things you want to change about the popper? It is so um, a lot of people that use them for dedicated. Um, work with boxes one of the balls to not come out as far because i mean the the original version i mean it'll launch that motherfucker i mean like a long way i actually use launch it beer in, cans uh yes it does that too it you uh, you can use it to train decoys um <laughs> there may or may hmm. not be a video of me doing that uh, i hide mine in cars too and launch tennis balls out a window when we work on dogs on uh this is the original one um on you know working on door seams and door handles and whatever else for uh detection work uh, so the Pro, which is the new version, uh, doesn't have quite as much height. So if you're using it for a dedicated box situation, uh, the, it helps you keep the dog closer to odor. So they're not anticipating the ball flying 900 feet in the fucking air, which is fantastic. Uh, it has a faster response time. There was a little bit of a lag. So your timing had to be really, really spot on with the first one. The second one, uh, the lag is shortened substantially. And it went to a rechargeable. So you just plug it into the wall instead of having to put the eight double A's in it. It didn't matter to me. I just went to the Home Depot or wherever and bought, you know, like 50 double A's. And they didn't burn through that much of them anyway. But uh, it also has a different strap, so it's easier to hang. I actually installed magnets on mine, and I just stick it to stuff, stick it to underside the bus for the dropper and everything else. We, I actually use them in concert now. So uh, I use it with a the Pro so it doesn't launch as high inside of a box. And then I use the standard one hanging uh, on magnets on a metal pole next to our odor boxes. And I vary the rewards. Sometimes it comes out of the box. Sometimes it drops and hits him in the head. So the only thing I'm working on, though, mm. is keeping the dogs as close to odor as possible. But it's a great way to vary the reward. And because I have three or four of these things, now I have them all on one remote, and they're all numbered, and it makes it super clean. You can get it at dogtra.com. If you use the discount code WDR10, that's one zero, you'll get 10% off anything over 200 bucks. And the ball poppers and the 600 or the 1900s are both over $200 for sure, but it's, it's a discount. So for sure, go hit them up. Doctor.com. Yeah, they're great. Um, you know, we just, uh, Ted and I had a blast at blue line. We were in, uh, Pittsburgh at the blue line seminar, packed the house uh, for our classroom. 110 people, I think were in the class. They had extra yeah. chairs. So, um, we're moving on into August for the Hits Canine. Now, most most people know Hits. Um, a lot of them haven't got the luxury of going to Hits at this time or up to this point. Uh, this year, Hits is in Chicago. Chicago. Um, August 13th through the 16th. It's it's the biggest one, right, guys? It's uh, the biggest seminar out there for canines. Um, they're hoping to get – they're hoping to top 1,000 canine eleven hundred supervisors. Yeah, we had 1,100 in, in uh, Maryland. So yeah. um, they are uh, piling them in there. They, they have – dude, they have so many instructors. Like everybody you have wanted to learn from is going to be there. Ted and I will have the Working Dog Radio booth set up. Uh, you can come by and meet, meeting Ted and I should be enough. I mean, in my opinion. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, people really are like – yeah, Just I'm not near gagging, school. right? <laughs> right, we're we're pretty lo- we're pretty lame. But thirteenth um, uh, through the sixteenth of August in Chicago, hits canine.net. You have here's the thing, guys. You have until like July fifteenth before the price increases, and it's quite a quite an increase. Um, so listen, cops. I, I like know you guys love to wait to the last minute. For once, don't do that. Book 
ahead. I'm telling you that even this place is massive and we will sell out the hotel. You want to be at the hotel where the conference is so that you can drink at the happy hour and walk back to your damn room. You don't have to stumble down the road. Hits K9.net in Chicago, the best one. Here's the thing, guys. Working Dog Radio. We support Bravo 3 Conference. We support Blue Line Conference and Hits, the largest conference in the country. The other police K9 conferences that are run by publications are owned by the same sex offender that owns that equipment company. You, If you're a cop and you're going to those publications seminars, you are wrong if you know it. You're wrong. Have some integrity. Stop giving the federal gun felon money. Let him go to another fucking industry and make money. Stop it. And a lot of you guys, I told... I warned you and told you that the guy was a sex offender. And you're like, oh, that's terrible. But I want to go anyways. And you still went. And the subject matter sucked. The attendance sucked. And the guy still is a criminal. Yeah, nothing they had nothing some, changed. They had some fucking presenters in Vegas this year. We're <laughs> ready to talk about those fucking dickheads here in a second. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Get the fuck. They, they, let a, they let defense attorneys in to videotape what we're doing and everything. Get, get, it, get out of here. And Hits then defended defend it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck them. Of course he defended it. He's a criminal. Hits K9.net, August 13th through the 16th. Yeah. So we interviewed, uh, which if you were listening to these in linear order, we just interviewed Paul Hammond. Um, great guy and great interview. It's obvious the dude is passionate about shit that'll kill you. Cause I mean, you know, listening to him talk about walk up on, what did he say? Like 1400 devices. Oh, like his, I'm million, yeah. I don't know. Well, like, so when he was in, you know, when he was in, in England and they were dealing with the IRA having all these explosives and whatever else. So one of the things he said that kind of stood out to me was that as an explosive handler, you need to be working with actionable intelligence. And one of the things that we uh, harp on through HRD and kind of through the podcast is that you should be training like you're going to deploy. In fact, if anybody's ever gotten an email from me at Torchlight um, or from Scott, the signature sign is just says train like you deploy. And that's uh, our signature. That's like one of the things we yell at our handlers all the time. And there's, they get sick of hearing it. So Paul brought up an interesting point, um, almost advocating for scenario-based training for your specific um, OA based on the intelligence you're getting. If you look at all the events that have happened in North America that have involved devices, most of them have been, if not all of them, I have to go back and look. Uh, we have to go back and ask Ellie from one of the other episodes before, the guys from TrueScent. Uh, they talked about how most of this stuff is HME. HME is extremely fucking dangerous. Um, you know, it, it's it's made through over-the-counter stuff that you can get and you can find out how to build it, make it on the internet and guys are using it to blow shit up. And when they do, it's extremely dangerous, extremely unstable, which also makes it difficult to train on whether the Nort test is good or bad or neither here nor there or whatever it is, at least an effort to try and get dogs on odor once a year. The problem with HME being the nature of the beast is extremely difficult to handle and extremely difficult to make. Well, I mean, make safely. And like we said in one of the podcasts, you blow your dick off because the dude in New York blew mm. his dick off with the with ETN. So 
TrueScent is a company based out in Maryland. Awesome company. Um, so that's actually Signature Science, the parent company, but they make a simulant. So we've had David on before, and uh, of course we've had Ryan Morris on several times, who Ryan owns Stripwire, and they have actual explosives, and David has his version, uh, which is a pseudo, which is um, not actual explosive. With TrueScent, you have actual explosive odor, actual HME odor suspended in Silka. So you're not training on a pseudo. It is an actual HME odor suspended in Silka. It's completely safe. You're not going to blow yourself up. You're not going to blow anybody else up. And uh, it makes it really, really easy to train on stuff that you should be seeing in the field if you're a handler in the United States um, that is in law enforcement, not necessarily the military side. But uh, military is also extremely important. The guys at TrueScent have been great partners with us. Uh, if you head over to TrueScent K9, letter K number 9.com, and you use the discount code WDR15, you get 15% off, which is a smoking deal. So hit them up, truesentk9.com, and uh, train safer. Yeah, stuff's good stuff. Um, you know, we're talking about detection work. We interviewed uh, Cameron Ford a while back, and um, Cameron was, uh, he's become like, he's not been pigeonholed, but he's definitely become this uh detection dog guy like he's like really the, good at it like savant like science and like the questions the dude asks is like talking to fucking socrates or something i mean he's like the dog philosopher detection ninja guy right he is. <laughs> yeah and uh he had moved over to from california after he left the naval special warfare uh contract and moved to uh silver state canine las vegas silver state canine they, these guys got about 70 years together uh, uh you know total in training um they got an amazing facility man every time i see the pictures of that place i'm like fuck you dudes like it's so nice like i hate them you know what i mean but uh it's just all jealousy because they have such a great place silver state canine they have some classes coming up um i know in june like the third through the seventh they have a detection dog training seminar coming up at their place um silver state canine check them out info at silver state canine.com uh get on their website see their calendar see what's coming on it's in vegas guys i mean come on i know people are going to sex offender uh sponsored uh conferences because they're in vegas here is a chance to go learn from a guy who trained the navy seal dogs for a long time like 13 um, years right that, nah, i don't think it was that long but uh, it's been a minute and um he helped redo their program. He, he's just, the guy is into the science of it. If you're really a detection guy and really into it, uh, he's, they got supervisor classes, all kinds of stuff. Um, they do travel too, man. You can hire them to, to come to your place. Check them out, silverstatecanine.com. Yep, yep, yep. So, you know, one of the things about handling working dogs, uh, whether it's search and rescue or police uh, single dual purpose, like whatever, they always have a fantastic ability to hurt themselves in unusual ways. Not everything requires a vet visit. Um, 
the other thing that always ended up happening is like happy tail, you switch food, dogs have allergies. There's any number of things that cause like these weird skin problems. They during tracking, I'll have dogs get like thorns and get torn up. We've had a search and rescue dog get his pads all torn up and get all fucked up and rebar and everything else. And it doesn't really like a, a situation that requires a ton of, you know, vet attention. Uh, so minor stuff can turn into big stuff. So the dudes over at vet care, uh, make a product called quick derm. Uh, it, now I can't confirm or deny this, but it does work on people really well. <laughs> uh, I may have gotten bit and used it when I had stitches and it worked mm-hmm. fantastic. So one of your buddies who we're not going to mention his name, but, uh, has a very successful, uh, pet training and pet boarding, uh, inboxed me and told me, he's like, Hey, what's this stuff called? And I sent him, you know, we told him where to get it. And he had a dog that was there. Uh, it's a breed that is kind of known for getting hot spots and whatever else and used this stuff. And with a couple of days, the hot spot was gone. Um, and you know, it was a customer's dog. And the last thing you want is a boarding facility. And the had it when he came in is, you know, the dog getting injured while it's there or the dog getting hot spots while it's there or whatever. Sometimes it's stress induced, sometimes it's not, uh, it's stable. So you can throw it in the car, throw it in your, throw it in the patrol car, leave it in the back scratches, happy tail, anything that is like coming to like a weird skin rash or anything else that works fantastic on. I've been using it on uh, static managed to injure himself in the backyard somehow and had something on his leg and I've been putting it on. And I mean, within five or six days, it's completely, uh, you know, pinked up and there's no hair on it anymore, but it's like healed up fantastic. But if you head over to vetcare.us and use the discount code WDR10, you'll get a discount over there. But head over and check it out. It's good for keeping small things from turning into big things. Vetcare.us. Yeah, man, that stuff is really good. I've been using it uh, on a couple dogs here and there, and it's it's crazy how good that stuff works. Yeah. All right, so... Well, let's get at it, man. We're gonna we're gonna kind of bitch and piss and moan and rant and cuss and hate on some dumb shit that is not only going on now, but it has been going on for years and continues to go on. And uh, we're just, you know, we'll talk about some best practices on some things, and some of this is opinion, and some of this is freaking fact based, people. Um, that's a big difference. People like to throw out their philosophies, their training philosophies and things, but they're making a bunch of bullshit up. So one of the big things that's that's really flared up in the last few months, and um, Ted, Ted likes to get into wars online with a, a couple trainers, um, is that there's this whole... F- training philosophy of uh, these weapon hand transfer bites. There's a guy in Montana and his business partner, they have separate business names, but whatever, they train together out of, uh, he's in Vegas. Um, And they they do this weapon hand transfer stuff. Um, And and before I get into how much bullshit it is, I'm going to give a little bit of history. So these two companies... Uh, were gained a lot of popularity on on social media. They they started back in the day. They were posting some pretty cool videos, some good stuff. You know, it was almost all exclusively environmental uh, confidence building in the dogs. Their dogs were climbing all kinds of cool shit, uh, ladders, and you know, difficult stuff. Walking across rope bridges, stuff that's super difficult. And I was impressed. I was like, "Yeah, man, I like you know me. I like all kinds of weird shit like that." Right. Um, 
So I was like, yeah, cool, man. I like these guys. Uh, they're doing some out of the box type stuff. And uh, I even talked to the one guy in Montana about maybe coming out and hanging out with him for a couple of days. And it's like, sure, man, I'd like to see, you know, how you teach, how that uh, that excessive approximation goes to get these dogs going up ladders and all kinds of cool stuff like that, man. Anything that builds the dog's confidence and makes them better and stronger, I'm all about it. Then they posted a video of them shooting at a dog with a rifle. And a bunch of people hit me up like, hey, man, have you seen this video? And they slow it down. um, And the dog is running at the camera i'm assuming the guy's wearing a suit maybe or whatever um and they're shooting a rifle into the ground i had a muzzle on um right oh did he okay and they're making claims that they start making claims in the video that the dog could dodge bullets look at him he's dodging the bullets as they hit the ground bobbing and weaving and dodging the bullets now a It's ridiculously fucking stupid to say that. B, the handler was downrange, right? So now it's one of the most unsafe things I've I've seen in a long time. It really was some ass clown stuff. And I I actually... I think they actually took it down. <laughs> and um, we're friends with Sean Hagner. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, and he does some really dumb shit. <laughs> but that's, you know, unrelated to uh, dogs. Just kidding, Sean. We love you. Um, so, like, they're going to, sh- you know, it's it's super, super stupid. And, but in their, in the description of the video, they just started blasting all trainers who train traditional ways everything you guys are all fucking dumb you don't know shit you suck we're the only ones that do anything cool our dogs dodge bullets look at it bullets and they're shooting into the ground then there was there was um theory that it was simunition rounds you know and you can see they shoot they're shooting and the dog moves away from the bullet as it strikes the ground it hits the ground and it's 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 not dodging anything it's just so stupid and the handler is in the line of fire so i was like oh you guys are about some dumb shit like stupid stuff then all of a sudden they started showing their bite work and they started showing all kinds of different things. And again, I, I'm all about different training philosophies and different styles. I don't care. I do me. My dogs have more success than most trainers in this United States. So I, I, I'm pretty confident in what I'm doing. And my training has evolved probably three or four times since I took over and started as the trainer. So uh, I, I'm a lot more fluid. So these guys start showing these dogs and their dogs are terrible. They are doing all of the ladder climbing and all that cool stuff. But the end product when they get to the bite is terrible, horrible front teeth, terrible biting. The dog lets go, bites another part, lets go, bites another part, lets go, bites another part. Um, And they look like nerve bag pieces of crap. And in the description, every single time they post one of these videos, they tell you how everyone in the industry sucks a cock but them. 
how everybody blows. Guys, my dogs have gotten hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bites, but I'm, I suck, you know, and everybody who trains a deep, uh, firm grip are, are fuckheads. Like we suck and we don't know shit. And they start making these claims that they're teaching this, that their dogs can distinguish between a gun, a knife, and something that's not a weapon. They can tell when they're on a bite and the weapon hand comes out with a knife, they know to let go and engage that because the dog knows uh, that it's a weapon. Some of the most ridiculously stupid comments I've ever heard in dog training. It To me, it looked like a reason to justify an entire huge batch of piece of shit, nerve bag, garbage dogs that they had. And um, so then here's the thing that really irritates the shit out of me is they have all these people, a, a bunch of people that support them and back them. And they, they say, um, a dog, every dog has a right to defend themselves. That's their mantra. Every dog has the right to defend themselves. And if if you would train the way they do, all these dogs in the U.S. wouldn't be getting killed. They make these uh, ridiculous statements that every dog, every canine that's gotten killed was on a bite and stabbed or shot while they're on the bite. And folks, I'm here to tell you that is a flat out fake news bullshit lie one of your dogs was shot out lie right lie 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 there i that's the part that pisses me off about their philosophy their philosophy is based on bullshit fake made up statements there is very 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 few dogs in this country that have been killed while actively on a bite it doesn't happen Right. Fact. It doesn't happen. It's just like people who tell me that uh, when you're tracking, you must always have a bite at the end of the track or your dog won't bite uh, a person. Here's the thing, fuckface. I know for a real fact that I have three handlers, Ryan, Chris and and Mark, who probably have more tracks with bites than any three people in the United States. And I did two bites a year on tracks. So real facts are that dogs are not being killed on bites. That's real fact. Not some fake made up bullshit that nobody investigates. Same thing with the tracking thing. Real numbers are or what works, not whatever you just randomly make up. Yeah. Um, you might've been able to get away with that years ago. So, but some of, yeah, like some of the dudes that are some of these guys, largest supporters. And I want you to specifically address this because of your background. Some of the largest supporters of these guys that claim to be in some fucking secret squirrel fucking unit or whatever else. Right. So, and these guys too, you know, I think that goofball, I mean, most of these guys are either in the Marines or in the, I, they were in the army, which has nothing to do with anything other than they weren't a fucking handler. And they, I mean, so what, there was been thousands of dudes that were in the Marines or in the or th- hundreds of thousands that were in the Marine in the military in general that didn't handle a fucking dog. And they're not out now trying to pretend like they were, but 
the secret squirrel bullshit and it's especially especially bad on instagram where these guys are like well i've seen this unit do it or that unit do it or this unit that and i'm like you forget that eric was a fucking trainer for one of those units and that we interviewed the guy that stood up the other one and they don't fucking do that they don't use those stupid fucking mattress looking suits they don't teach this fucking bullshit and it is tacitly clear when those fuckheads start commenting that there is literally nothing behind it and we say it all the time tell me one person that has one of those fucking dogs and i'll get to this in a second when we kind of move into another topic but tell me one agency in this country that has a dog from one of these fuckheads not a single one. And openly, no, the one dude admitted to Alicia in a text message yeah, yeah. or a message that he sells most of his dogs out of the country. Well, fucking and liable bull, bull yeah. fucking shit. And that, and that he, when he signs a confidentiality agreement, that he he abides by that. So he he can't talk about it. This is that fucker mm-hmm. from Dias Canine. I'll go ahead and mention it. Alicia, leave his fucking name in because everybody listening to this. So we we aim this podcast exclusively at working dog handlers. A lot of those are military and law enforcement. Um, and, you know, this is kind of specifically why we started doing this in the first place, why, and it's kind of morphed into something else, to get good information out. This motherfucker literally out in public said that everyone that's listening to this is sitting in their patrol car or in some fucking shitbox in the Middle East and you're not fucking working right now. This dude said that you people are the bottom of the barrel handlers that you suck at your jobs, that he doesn't train police officers or military guys because you guys and girls are not good enough to work with him, that you suck. You are bottom of the barrel. And if you don't believe me, I've got the, I'll send it to you. Inbox us on whatever platform you want. We'll send it to you. But this is the guy that is openly trying to, tell people that you should be doing this, the police department should be doing this, but that you all are too stupid to figure it out, that you are bottom of the barrel handlers. So, be proud. You're bottom of the fucking barrel. Yeah. Um, again, the guy, nobody's buying his dogs. Nobody's buying the dogs from the guy in Montana. Um, they're... Uh, I have seen, and and with all due credit, I have seen some videos that they made of some vehicle extractions and a couple other things the dogs did, and they looked really good. But they were doing regular police canine bite work. They were not doing – and here's the funny thing, man. There's so many guys now, like several dudes on Facebook at least, they see these videos. They're all starting to do this. There's some – I don't even know who this freaking clown was the other day, man. He showed this video of his dog uh, chasing, you know, run, a decoy running away a little bit. And this dog, this horrible piece of crap shepherd, comes running down, bites the guy like in the wrist. And he moves his other hand. The dog lets go and bites that. Then he moves it and he lights. And the guy's laughing. He goes, see, that dog ain't ever going to let you do nothing. He just, he did like 15 bites back and forth and back and forth. It was so much junk. I guarantee you most decoys could run that dog off. Run him off a field. Run him out of a building. He was crap. All you got to do is turn and Put your hands up against a wall where you can't get to him. He's not going to do anything. The dog is garbage. It's a garbage philosophy predicated on lies. Lies. Nobody. I'm telling you, my guys have bit numerous people 
that had weapons. And they were, it hurt too much. They couldn't get the weapon out. So that other stuff is fake. It's fake, 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 fake. Yeah, and, you know, the the philosophy and, you know, there's some dickhead in, in Tennessee or, or Kentucky, one of those states, who is kind of this um, in the same philosophy. And it's he's buddies with them, dude. Yeah, I know. He's a fuckhead. It's it's ignorant of, of tactics. And, you know, we've said it before. We'll say it again. I said it in Pittsburgh. We say it all the time. We say it in HRD. We don't send dogs knowingly to people with guns or knives. We don't. Like, we do not ask a dog to dodge bullets. We don't ask a dog to fight a human being that has a lethal option to fight back with. We just don't do it. I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't understand it. And, and when push comes to shove, all of these guys fold. I even, I even, one of the more better known ones up in Canada, everybody knows, because they trained a dog for the Navy SEALs fucking museum thing. And the somehow museum, that's, not yeah, the SEALs. Not, not the SEALs. They and sure they, do represent they, differently. Yeah, and they claim to work with Canadian Special Forces. Oddly enough, anybody that we know that's there has never heard of, or they've heard of them, but they're like, fuck no, we don't work with those guys. So, you know, they're full of shit. It's a son or a stepson and a fucking dad. And... You know, I mean, I've been around a long time. I've texted him too, the son. I've got text messages between he and I, and I offered him to come on here. And I said, you know, you've got a You've got a public perception problem. People think you're full of shit. And he is. And he's full of shit. He walks around wearing a dog like a fucking mink at SHOT Show, pretending like he doesn't know who people are. And, you know, this fucking goofy ass mohawk. But if you're listening and I know you are, I was like. You have my phone number, homie. So, you know, I mentioned his name last time and she and Alicia cut it out. But, you know, it's another thing. They they have sold a dog. They've sold some dogs to a department in Indiana. Um, and those dudes drink the fucking Kool-Aid, bro. I mean, those guys really believe in whatever fucking bullshit philosophy that these dickheads in Canada sell to them and why the fuck you would go to Canada to buy a goddamn police dog if you're in the United States is completely fucking beyond me now this I understand this but when I say this this is I mean we have a very set way of doing things in the United States it's nothing that we make up it's all literally set on case law. You know, I want to do an interview with some Canadian handlers because their case law is completely different. In fact, there was a case that came out recently where a judge, of all things, decided, well, the dog didn't sit all the way, so the probable cause is not established. You know, then they suppressed the, they suppressed the probable cause, and guy got away, even though he had like 700 pounds of fentanyl in the car or something. But because the dog couldn't sit, they they kicked it. Now that's Canada. I, that is not how that shit would go in the United States. I can tell you that we have 20. Seven years of case law that says opposite. So, you know, when you buy a dog from a Canadian vendor that's offering the dog as a, and you're training the handler at that point too, you're relying on fucking Canadians to train an American law enforcement officer. They fundamentally don't understand federalism. They don't understand how we have a state's rights deal and every state is fucking different like literally ohio oklahoma kansas texas arkansas louisiana everybody's got their own standard if they have one it's completely separate and these motherfuckers are selling these dogs to these guys and they are 110 percent convinced that this is the ultimate way to do it and when they post it it's all over fucking social media these dogs and they are fucking garbage 
garbage. Yeah, fucking that's the terrible. funny thing, man. Every video is so bad. You know, and here's the funny thing about that group in Canada is so when they came, when I first started seeing them on Instagram and things, again, and I, I think they taught those two dudes down here this philosophy, they show all kinds of environmental stuff, right? Um, like they do... Um, they do this thing, and some people were busting on them, but I, I didn't mind it, where they send three different dogs, two from one direction, one from another direction or whatever, into a pond. The dogs swim across the pond. They do a bite, all three of them together or whatever. Then they out them, and they swim back across the pond to the guy. That's cool. People are like, oh, that's fucking stupid. You never do it. Again, that's not the point of that type of thing. Um, I... I did a bite where I was on water skis, skiing by a dock, and a dog bit me. The big difference is the dog that bit me will actually bite in real life and bit and held on. If you watch all of those videos of that company in Canada, all of them, they end up in garbage bites, like terrible, horrible, horrible dogs that go and bite and let go. If you watch, they let go immediately. They, they're... They're confused. They're terrible. They put up a video not too long ago of a dog walking across this rickety Vietnam era looking rope bridge. And it was that part was awesome. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then they got across and the bite was a joke. I think the dog let go and sat there. The, dog, the bite was terrible. And who? where does this these poachers coats mattress fucking suits come from? Man, what? my I don't dogs get my dogs bite fucking legs. So I there's no way in hell I'm going to wear one of those things. Like, no, man. No fucking way. Especially with some of the uh you know, some of the dogs that bite people that wear like man jammies. Like there's no fucking way I'm <laughs> like putting no. that shit on. Fuck that. And I mean, and you know, in fact, and you know, there's some big myth around the fucking poacher's coat. And the myth is, I'm surprised that you can get dogs actually bite people wearing it. But what they sell it as is that you have to be some kind of master level fucking ninja or something to use this motherfucker. And it's a fucking, it's a, it's a padded trench coat with hard sleeves built into it. I mean, it's not like it's fucking rocket science. I mean, it, it is literally a hard sleeve. And I I just can't for the life of me. And the answer that everybody gives you is because it's some super secret shit and only 10 people in the world know how to use it or whatever else. I, I'm, I, I am at a loss when I see shit like that. And, you know, us bitching about it is to kind of highlight that when you see things like that, you need to kind of understand that that is not indicative of what good work is, despite what their follower count and despite what however many books and how many Bible verses that motherfucker quotes, he's still a charlatan and sells fucking bullshit. And that is not what good work looks like. I don't give a shit if you buy it from me or Eric, but God damn it, buy a dog from don't somebody care. that doesn't I suck. don't have dogs for you anyways. I'm full. My <laughs> dogs are sold. Yeah, so here's the funny thing though, dude. Um, so this is what clued me in on them pretty quickly is they do a, I think it's two week dual purpose handler school, dual purpose, green handlers, everybody, two weeks. Now, Americans, if you're going to Canada, if you're going anywhere for a two week dual purpose handler school and you're a green handler, you're a chump. You're an idiot. Now, they're going up there and they're posting videos of their dogs and the handlers taking naps together. Naps. Laying down, 
nut to butt, curled up, taking naps with their dogs as some sort of bonding bullcrap naps. Two weeks. If you do a two weeks handler school, you better be working 18 hours a day in that school. You have no time for naps. Enough is enough. If you want to buy a dog from a guy in Canada, contact Mike Nesbeth at Grassroots Canine. That dude puts out fucking dogs. Yeah, that's true. And he doesn't let you nap. <laughs> no, he does not. Alicia's going to be pissed because I, my audio in this is going to be so loud. <laughs> no, I turned you down. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> hmm. So, you know, I mean, it sounds like we're bitching and we're whatever, you know, and, and we are. And, and it's more anything else than to just to say, look, you know, I mean, investigate, do a little more, investigate who you're giving your money to, investigate who you're buying dogs from, investigate who you're getting training from, you know, ask for references, say, where are some of your dogs now? You know, look for red flags, look for red flags like, oh, I can't tell you. Oh, it's this, it's that, it's whatever else. I mean, you've got, you know, we've interviewed handlers on here that were in DevGuru that were, we interviewed the guy that stood up the unit. I mean, and they're able to talk about it. He even said in the interview where the fucking dogs came from. They came from Mike Subtle. It's not like this huge fucking secret. So any dickhead that lives up in fucking Montana that says, oh, I can't tell you because of whatever, he's full of shit. He's just fucking full of shit. He's lying. It's flat out. He's just fucking lying to you. Don't be duped by some bullshit website and some fucking flashy ass bullshit. And it's something that I always say um, a lot is, you know, people like to either it's one of two tax. They either do it that way or they pencil whip a resume. So you have guys that are like, I've been a canine handler for 15 years or whatever. And <laughs> Scott is really good about it. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, why? You know, whatever. And he was like, you should be a lot better than this. If you've been handling for that long or you've handled two or three dogs or whatever. And just, you know, just do some investigation on who you buy from, who you support and do some investigation on what you're taking in is information. I feel like I'm talking about some fucking fake news thing, but that's, it. I mean, that's what, that's what Pretty I'm telling much. you to do because those guys, you know, Dias is fucking bullshit. They are. And I've already said his name once and he's fucking full of shit. He thinks you people that are listening to this are bottom of the barrel handlers and he doesn't like you. In fact, that's the way that they describe themselves. They're even use the hashtag. We don't like you. And so let it be known. He doesn't like law enforcement. He doesn't like military. He thinks you guys are bottom of the barrel. You're not good enough to handle one of his dogs, which are fucking garbage, by the way. So next topic, we had somebody, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, uh, on Patreon. If you haven't been to Patreon, it's patreon.com. Um, some of the questions we're going to talk about were came in from there. Um, one of them, one of the guys, um, got in trouble as a handler. Uh, he got blue falconed. And, um, so, you know, way back when, when I got into this industry, I was kind of under the impression that law enforcement was like uber professional and you're dealing with cops and you're dealing with all these guys and, and girls and, you know, everybody's super professional cause everybody's on the same team and, you know, everybody has the same goal in mind and all this other shit. And man, if you don't listen to Aaron Taylor and Eric and fucking Justin Rigney on this show and somebody else who I'm not going to mention, then it, that is not the case. So, you know, this dude wants to know, like, where everything has gone, like where the community has gone, where the state of canine has gotten to the point where people are fucking telling on each other and crying to admins about shit and everything else. So, Eric, you had some pretty strong feelings about it. I always do. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I can't stand a rat. 
I can't fucking stand them. Like, you're the lowest form of scumbag. And what it is is, I get it if you're, if, if you have guys that are, um, Maybe you have a handler or somebody, a cop that did like criminal stuff. I get that. Fuck that, man. There's that's bullshit. Like uh, you know, stealing or misappropriating funds and things like that. All that crap. But we got guys in this in this industry, man, that are that are screwing dudes over and telling on them for administrative crap just to get the position that they have or to hold their own position. I tell everybody, beware, really beware of a guy who will fuck you over and stab you in the back to keep a position within the department, not the job, because he'll have a job. He can always go back to the shift. But to, to hold his position, a guy that will sell you out to keep a position at his job is a dangerous person and they should never trust him. Um, I, I tell everybody, I would always rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And, and my, um, my admin from my old department, if they're listening to this, they'll can tell you, I fought them on everything. When they were wrong, I told them they were wrong. Whether they were going to take my trainer's position away or not, I didn't give a fuck. Right is right. Stop screwing each other over. Like, stop it. The Blue Falcon thing, man, is um, you're a real piece of shit if you're getting into that type of stuff. Yeah, for no other reason than something petty i mean i get it like you said like if you're misappropriating funds or you're stealing shit i mean if you're doing like actual criminal shit i mean i that's neither here nor there but i mean I, some of the fucking bullshit that's happened is is recently with people that we know is is out of hand i, I mean it's stupid and like i can't I don't understand, and I'm. And people know. Listen, I'm not a police officer, but I don't understand how somebody could do that and then go into work and look at that dude and not feel some sort of remorse. It's the same fucking thing with another magazine owner who, you know, split off from the other ones, and she when we started this podcast, decided it was in her best interest to try and get people that were on the podcast as guests fired. So this is a person that openly says that she's pro-law enforcement, that she's all these other things, but her actions say things that are completely different with at least two departments that I know of. And before we go any further, I filed IA complaints. Uh, I'm sorry, I uh, Freedom of Information Acts and got the initial, uh, the actual complaint and I got the actual emails with her email address on them. And I went through the Freedom of Information Act to do it in a couple of states. So if people speak out against her or do something other than what she thinks you should be doing, she goes after you. And we're talking about guys that have been police officers for 18, 19, 20 years that have got great records and she's coming after your fucking job over some disagreement. That's, that's who... That is who this episode is aimed at. Shit like that. People like that and fucking Blue Falcons. I mean, you know, she supposedly owns a magazine and, and makes a makes a living in this industry, but then she'll turn around and shit on you if you disagree with her or if you question how she's spending advertising dollars or if you question how the, the, the ethics of how they're doing it. 
And that's just fucking not right. I mean, law enforcement is a hard enough job as it is in general. And now you've got to worry about people you work with fucking you over and then people that allegedly support you work over. It's no wonder fucking cops are jaded. Like why you guys always are always suspect of people. And it's people like that. It's people like that. So if anybody wants to see it, email me. I got it. I scanned it in. And, you know, it's a and lot she, of paperwork. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking paperwork. And if she and if she hears this, and I know she will, then she can kiss my ass. I mean, yeah. it, it is what it Hashtag is. Hashtag mean, fuck you, Karen. What, what do you? Well, so, <laughs> there's yeah. that. Fuck her. So, I mean, if that. <laughs> but yeah, here's the yeah. thing about the Blue Falcon thing that we started the, this conversation with. Guys, I, I'm here to tell you right now if you think for one minute that you can tell on another guy or fuck a dude over and maybe get a promotion or get some position out of it. If you don't think that that guy, that chief, will turn around and do it to you, let somebody blue falcon you, you are out of your mind. I have never met a company man who wasn't fucked over by the company at some point. It happens every single time, all the time. The top guys, the chief, the assistant chief, the captains, they don't give a crap about you. They don't. They don't care about you at all. I don't care if you came up with the dude and he was your best buddy. He will screw you over if somebody else brings him something. They're all advantageous people. Um, it, it, It... it's there are like, some good ones. It, yeah, the informant <laughs> that will inform for you will inform on you. There's no different. The guy, the Blue Falcon or the administrator that you told stuff to, he'll screw you. Don't worry about it. You, you'll get yours. So before we go into another one, we're going to take a break here right now because we yeah, got yeah. some great, great sponsors we want to talk to you about. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K. Nine Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Hey, everybody, it's Ted. Let's talk about training and conferences. We know training budgets are always tight, and that's why the crew from Hits goes the extra mile for you. Let's be honest here. There's no other canine training conference on the planet like Hits. It has now gotten so large that the 2019 Hits will be held at the largest convention center in North America. That's Chicago's McCormick Place. Experience matters when it comes to putting on a show like this and when it comes to police dog trainers. The guys who run Hits are still working police dogs, just like you. There's going to be three full days of training with five classes 
classes in session at a time. Toffers are going to range from patrol work and dog selection to case law to search and rescue to canine first aid and everything in between. They had 1,100 people in attendance last year in D.C. and are planning for more this year. And it wouldn't be a conference without the vendors. The McCormick Place has enough room for 100 vendor booths. You can meet the people that make the equipment you guys use every single day. The vendors make coming to hits an experience like nothing else in this industry. Plus the free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. Last year, they gave away about 40 grand in cash and prizes from vendors. I expect Chicago to be bigger. So come join the crew from Working Dog Radio in Chicago during the week of August 13th through the 16th at McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I know handlers and I know you people wait to the last minute to do everything. Don't be that guy. Head over to hitsk9.net. That's the letter K, the number nine, to get registered and save money on your registration for doing it early. There's also information about the discounted hotel rooms. That's August 13th through the 16th in Chicago. If you didn't write it down, we got the link in the show notes. Hey guys, Eric here. If you follow Ted and I, you know that we've been traveling all over the United States doing seminars. Every time I do one of those seminars, I like to ask the handler where they got their dog. Every time they tell me Southern Coast Canine, I know we're going to have a good time. I know it's going to be a good dog. We've been seeing a lot of their dogs at a lot of different seminars, detection, dual purpose, new handlers, experienced handlers, guys that have gone back to them over and over again. Uh, We just did the Bravo 3 conference recently down in Daytona and Southern Coast Canine brought out three green dogs. Like they just got them off the plane from Europe and they were bangers, all three of them. They killed the scenarios. They'd never seen any of that stuff, but their selection process is great. Check out their website, southerncoastcanine.com. They're offering handler schools, trainer schools, supervisor schools. They got uh, a great relationship with Tripwire, so they're doing explosive stuff down there. Every year they do a huge detection seminar. Check out southerncoastcanine.com. I've been really impressed, honestly, with the dogs that I've seen come from them. Southerncoastcanine.com. Good people, great facility. Check them out. Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's take a break for a second. Let's talk about Dogtra. We make no bones about the fact that Eric and I love Dogtra. In fact, we've been users of them since long before we even started the podcast, and it's one of the reasons that we approached them to be sponsors of the show. We typically only want to have stuff on here that we actually use and that we can stand behind and endorse. Dogtra is one of those companies. They've been at it for a long time and are industry leaders when it comes to production of reliable, consistent training equipment for your dog, whether be poppers and droppers, whether it be e-callers or now, they've got the new GPS one, which Eric has been playing with and he really, really likes it. So what I want everyone to do is head to dogtra.com. You get a 10% off of any item over $200 and you use the discount code WDR10. That's just like the initials of the show, Working Dog Radio, WDR10. Hit them up. Hey guys, Eric here. If you listen to Working Dog Radio or follow me on social media, Van S Canine, you know that I am involved in a wide variety of aspects of the dog world. I am a police dog trainer, pet dog trainer, I own dog daycare, and I am a pet owner. So I have a wide variety of needs when it comes to gear for the dogs, daily living things for the dogs, all kinds of items, training, anything possible I need. I go to one place, rayallen.com. Rayallen.com is a one-stop shop for everything dog related. Anything you could possibly need, check them out. rayallen.com. They've been doing a long time. Great customer service, super high integrity at that place. rayallen.com. 
Put in promo code WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off your next order. Ted and I love that place. RayAllen.com. Get on there. Click everything you need. Ship it all at once. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. Yo, everybody, let's talk about getting a job. Coast to Coast Canine is hiring experienced full-time and part-time drug and explosive detection canine handlers. If you're interested... Shoot Peggy Heiser an email at pheiser, P-H-E-I-S-E-R at c2ckanine.com. That's the letter C, the number two, the letter C, the number K, the number nine dot com. What you have to have to be eligible for this is a minimum of three years knowledge in handling detection or training experience with law enforcement and military and large breed high drive dogs. You got to possess a trainer certification from a state recognized agency or national certification such as USPCA, NAPWADA, NNDDA, or something similar. You also need to have a knowledge and or experience as an instructor or a canine handler with a state recognized agency like the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. You got to speak fluent Spanish and English. If you have all that, they're willing to give you a competitive wage and employee benefits. Again, that's P. Heiser at C2C Canine. Com. Highland Canine Training, LLC. To all of my fellow LE Canine guys, Highland Canine should definitely be on your short list of vendors when it comes time to adding to your unit or replacing one of your dogs. Highland Canine offers green and pre-trained single and dual purpose dogs if you train in-house. But most importantly, they offer a full-service canine academy with canine handlers courses, canine instructors courses, specialized advanced canine training, and canine supervisors courses. Jason and his staff of instructors have been there and done that in this game. They run these classes year-round, so go to their awesome website at www.tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's Tactical Police, the letter K, the number 9, training.com, and make your unit better. All right, we are back. Rant episode number three, or Trey, as they say in Spanish-speaking countries. Um, Trace, I should say. Um, So... Well, we got a couple more questions from the you were just talking. Yeah, you were just talking about admins, which one of the questions we had, which is from somebody else that I'm not, you know, um, this person is dealing with some unrealistic expectations of themselves, the canine unit, the dog, the handlers, and uh, you know, I mean, this person's been kind of put in a uh, in a bind. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. So what happens is um, these admins have this pretty funny thing where I'm telling you, it only happens in canine. It doesn't happen in other parts of canine or or parts of police work where so you get a person who leaves the department or gets fired, quits, whatever, and he's got a dog and the dog is pre-trained, been working a little bit. And now there's a new handler, a green person, a green one. Listen, guys, green handlers five weeks is five and six weeks seems to be this this new trend pre-train the dog five or six weeks i still don't think it's enough you're we're stuck we kind of do it my dog back home i always did uh green dog green handlers 14 weeks six weeks is not enough this particular person is getting stuck trying to do trying to get a green handler on a dog in two weeks i i don't i don't understand and, and what happens is every time when the handler or the trainer, who's almost always a, a, a patrolman, tries to fight back on it, um, they just get threatened with, uh, we'll just fuck your unit then. We'll just get rid of you. Um, and I personally, 
I think you ought to call them on it. I think when they're they're like, we'll just get rid of unit. Oh, go for it then, fuckhead. I'll still have a job tomorrow. The next day I will come in and work and the phone will still ring and calls for service will still come in. I just won't have the dog. That's that's what it is. You got to stand up when they're wrong. Two weeks? No. Tell them no. Can't do it. I'm not going to train a green handler, put them on the street, risk their life and everyone else's life. Uh, because why? Because it might cause overtime? Really? Get the hell out of here with that crap. I mean, my guys that stay local, um, you know, they're with us for like a month to six weeks. And those are small classes, though. I mean, and on top of that, they're working other dogs while they're with me. It's not just their dog. But even those dudes, you know, that work a lot, um, they're not in the groove for six to eight months. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider them like, you know, really, really like knocking shit down, doing a great job, not making mistakes, you know, going on autopilot when stuff gets weird and whatever else. I mean, for six, eight months, sometimes a year and before they get comfortable. I mean, one of my handlers and what you're talking about is a retread. Right. I didn't train the dog, but I trained the handler and the dog was with us for six weeks and the dog was not at the time was very undertrained. Uh, this is the dog's fifth handler and, um, they have recently come into their fucking groove and it's been 14 months and you know, that dog is, you know, he's fucking tracking people. They're doing warrant service. They're fucking finding tons of dope. I mean, they're doing everything, but it took that long for that team to get comfortable. And, you know, I mean it, you're dealing with an animal and a handler. And I tell guys all the time, you're a cop first and a canine handler second. Don't ever forget that. And it's kind of like, you know, I mean, there's, it's extremely nuanced, even within individual teams, but also the, the, the professional side of handling is also extremely nuanced. And, there's no way to learn that even in 16 weeks. I mean, it's a very, very nuanced thing. And to have an admin, especially somebody that's never handled a fucking dog, literally tell you as the head trainer or, you know, the most experienced person in your unit to be like, you got two weeks, be like, fuck that. I mean, what are you supposed to do? And then, because here's what will happen. And Eric, you can tell some stories about this shit, I'm sure. When inevitably a mistake is made, whose head did this fall back on? Yeah, it doesn't fall back on the handler. I can tell you that. Nope. And it doesn't fall back on the nope. boss who forced you to do a two-week handler school. Nope. You know what they should do for that two-week school? She should make them nap. She should, <laughs> she should institute <laughs> napping in there just to fuck with them. <laughs> At that point, what's it going to hurt? All right. I mean, uh, fuck. So yeah. uh, our good buddy, J.J. Sabrasi, whose last name is pronounced 900 different ways. Uh, he's from Proven Canine. He, he travels C-Bass. with us to some of the HRD yeah. uh, seminars. He's um, he's, he's a resident eight-foot yeah, fucking goon. Yeah. It, yeah, we called him a goon at the last uh, yeah, at Blue Line, and big bastard. I hope yeah. he got a kick out of it because uh, it was it was meant for love. He he posts on our Patreon talk about trainers continuing to build themselves and not just thinking that they've got every aspect one hundred percent mastered. It falls back to the Mary Poppins tool bag of tricks. Um, I said it earlier. My training has evolved so much and so many times. Um, most of my most of my bite work building is relatively been the same for a long time. I, I, I think I 
build some decent biting dogs. However, my obedience has, has changed. Detection has changed. Um, tracking it has changed. Um, right now, I've, I've been on the same kind of tracking thing for a long time, but I, I've come up with a couple new little things that I've been doing. But um, the other aspects of it... Uh, evolve all the time when I now with social media and everything but I I see a lot of trainers man that um, have this is what we do this is the way we do it it's always worked they won't ever even think at all that someone could show them something new and that's actually a really huge mistake yeah for sure I mean and I see that all the time it kind of goes back to the whole um we've always done it this way thing or I I'm well not no whatever I've so said somebody will say it's nothing I'm like okay show me do it right now and they kind of look at you I'm like go get the dog and do it They're like show me how you do it do it right now and for people that are so dug in like this is how I do things this is how I'm going to do it I'm like all right cool I got a problem with that just do it right now I mean I want to see it everything I, I got no problem showing the process obviously I mean if you follow any of our business pages on anything you'll see that I mean I got I have zero oh, yeah. problem showing dogs that are unfinished like I posted a video of hype the other day you know going through her very first um uh, shaping session on the boxes, getting her TFR on explosive odor. And, you know, she went from kind of a freeze up to kind of like a half sit then all the way into a sit and stare. And, you know, each, and I had the thing recording the entire time and I show the process. I don't show finished dogs. So I, I understand that this is a process and, and that entire process is important. And it's what we do as trainers, more than anything else is creating that finished product is not a fast process. We do the same shit over and over and over and over again all the time. So by the time dogs show up for pre-trained dogs, the handlers are like, oh shit. And that's the problem. Like, you know, you get guys that handled one dog for three years and they're like, oh, I'm going to go start selling police dogs now. I'm like, slow down, Turbo. You barely maintain, yeah. like, hold on a second. You barely were able to maintain a patrol dog. What the fuck makes you think you can finish one? Like, you can, I mean, how hard can it be, right? I mean, I handed this dude mm. a fucking leash and this dog bites people and finds drugs. How bad can it be, right? I mean, shit, anybody can do this. And so what they find out is that it's not. And uh, so, yeah, JJ brings up a good point. Like, you got to learn how to do things and you have to evolve. And, um, some of the most successful guys, some of the guys have been on this podcast. Ken Pavlik's a perfect example. You know, he talked about his detection way, like the box setup that he uses, which is fucking genius. And he is a fantastic detection trainer. He's also a very good patrol trainer, but I mean, you know, and he talked about the evolution of that over time. Same thing with Mike Deal. I mean, when he was on, you know, talking about, because he, all he does, like somebody else does the detection. He just teaches dogs to bite people, which is awesome. And, you know, he said the same thing, like, you know, it's evolved over time and, you know, you've got to learn, like we learn how to do things. I mean, even when I look back five years ago, when we started doing some of this stuff, even what we do now is completely different. So just ask questions. If you don't know, find somebody that does. Don't <laughs> like, it's okay. It's okay. Not to know. You can ask, like, you can ask me, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you how I do it. I don't know if anybody else does it that way. I don't care, but it works for me and I'll tell you how I do it. I'll walk you through it. I mean, that's why we started the Patreon page. That's why we started the podcast. Uh, you know, I was tired of seeing handlers get dogs. This is another question, by the way, get dogs that they didn't know any better. And then the dogs failed either certification, failed to find odor or, 
they failed at the worst possible time during deployments and didn't bite anybody when they should have. And, you know, everybody's heard the story that Eric had his first dog, you know, with Gina, where she, you know, you tased seven people. She should have bit the first year you were on the street with her. I mean, that's unacceptable. And yeah, it sucked. But, and I, I come from a position where I look at it this way. Everybody that I hand a leash to as a law enforcement officer, I assume they are there for the best intentions. I assume that they are a police officer for the best intentions. I assume that I am helping them serve whatever community they're part of. And I come at instructing and teaching and training from that perspective. And, you know, Scott and I take that very seriously. And it has very little to do with whatever I want to think it is or whatever else. But the reality of the situation is I oversimplify things a lot. And I say his dog, his dog's job is to find shit and bite people. Like that is his job. His job is not to do anything else. And I take that very seriously when dogs don't engage, it's dangerous when the dogs are fucking around on the side of the road because they've never been on the side of the road before and they're freaked out and they won't work. They won't search. It's dangerous. You don't need to be stepping out in front of semis. You don't need to be doing shit that is dangerous because the dog is not well trained. Being a handler doesn't mean that you're able to finish one of those dogs in the long run. It does mean that you can maintain one, but we have to stop selling a lie and stop saying, well, it's good enough. You know, one some some of our Patreon members who are handling dogs now, they are police officers. Where these dogs are not biting people, and they don't know what to do. It is a dual purpose yeah, dog that will not help them. Won't, and won't the help. vendor will not will not help them. And that is fucking unacceptable. And Eric and I have gone as far as to some of these guys help <laughs> trying to help them get another fucking dog for almost free. And yeah. it's dangerous. And it I can't go to sleep at night thinking that some of those dogs go out there and won't bite. And that is something that, you know, I take very, very, very seriously. And because of that, you know, I do some things during selection. I think that, I don't know, that I don't, that may be a little over the top or that may, I, I don't know. I've been accused of having, you know, that I don't have patience with some dogs and I'm like, I, I don't really, I mean, they're either going to do it or they're not. And some of these guys, it's like, just good enough, just good enough. And then some of the vendors, so you have a cop who wants to be a canine handler, who is a canine handler, and then he's given a piece of shit dog, and then the fucking vendor turns around and blames him for the dog not biting. Oh, it's not my fault. You know, this, that, or the other. The dog did this, or the dog should have done that. I know he did, but why? And then if the dog didn't, if the dog had a failure, then what the fuck? Fix it. I mean, I ain't going to lie. We've had failures. Uh, We've had failure. I mean, shit, Scott's been training dogs for fucking 20 years. We've had failures in that time. I've had failures in the last 10. And I dropped everything I was doing, and I turned around, and I fucking fixed it right then. And those dogs turned back around, and were fucking nuking people. And But I dropped what I was doing to fix it. And... I, I don't understand the mentality that it's good enough when you have somebody that's a felon because that's who we bite. We don't bite misdemeanors. That is potentially dangerous or that is already demonstrated that they are dangerous and you have a dog that doesn't engage. Man, which is why you and I both don't believe in training dogs to track that don't bite, but that's another subject. But, I mean, 
that's fu- it's mm-hmm. I, I mean you and i both take it very seriously and i realize you know i get criticism a lot i'm not even a cop and you're like you're right i don't i, I don't know what it's like standing on the road at three o'clock in the morning by myself with my backup being an hour away or 30 minutes away whatever it is but i sure as fuck know how to make sure that that when that dog comes out of that car he's going to be on fucking fire and he's going to nuke whoever is standing there that i can promise you you can take that to the fucking bank and you know I, my handlers there's my guys that are close especially my my senior handlers that are close to me that train with me every week like they know that and they come to me all the time when how can we do this we need to do this i want to do this how should i do this whatever else and i will drop everything at three o'clock in the morning i had somebody text me one of my fucking handlers texted me at three o'clock in the morning a couple months ago and said the dea they're on a task force and they're like they want me to search the front door for a house because they know shit's in there. I'm like, do not do it. They're like, oh, they said it's okay. I'm like, they're fucking lying to you. I was like, <laughs> they are fucking lying to you. They will throw your ass under the bus. They don't give a fuck. Do not do it. Tell them to wake the judge up and get a fucking search warrant like everybody else does. Then if you want to use the dog to find the drugs in the house, fine, whatever. But do not let that dog do it. And they got bent, not the handler, but the DEA was pissed, which I don't care. But I mean, you know, I mean, they were going to throw that dude under the bus. And I told him, I was like, nope, don't do it. Don't fucking do it. We take it seriously, though. I mean, and Eric, I know you do too. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're a vendor, man, don't 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 do that to the guys. If if you know the dog is saw, I mean, listen, there are times that we're like, man, I we do believe this is a pretty badass dog, and then, but when the time comes, he actually isn't. You you got to help him. You got you got to help him uh, help him out. So, um, two more things on our Patreon page. This next one is not really a. Um, a rant about anything. Uh, one of the guys, Jacob Simmons, I'd love to something. I'd love something on training logs, things you should be documenting every time, how each log could pers- uh, potentially save your ass, the most effective way for managing it and keeping it up paper versus software. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this, this is the way, um, this is the way we did it at my agency is every training log so every every day, every Wednesday for maintenance training, um, I gave the guys a paper training log because it was um, guys you know from other agencies, and then each one of the the guys from my department, I put a paper log in their file. Then on the computer system for the department, they would log all of their uses for the dog on the street. And then any kind of training or demos or anything that they did while working in uniform on the road, they would document that in there. Um, And that worked out pretty well for us because here's the thing. When you go to court for a suppression hearing, um, they're going to ask, the defense is going to subpoena your training records because they don't... um, they don't believe that you're actually keeping training records. So when you show up, with, if you showed up with a with a, a thumb drive or or a computer that you're going to hook up for the judge to see, you're going to underwhelm everyone. But if you show up with a five, six inch stack of papers and drop it on the defense's table, they will concede every single time so make sure your computer software is printable that you can print the stuff out without it being like the having to call the nsa to do it um you don't it doesn't have to be graphs but it has to be discernible statistics and that's the other thing we tell our guys 
document every time you get the dog out of the car. Every time you get the dog for an alarm search, uh, every time, document it, document it, document it. Because if your admin doesn't like you, they will use lack of statistics to um, to shit can your unit. Yep. That's what Dude, I got on one that. Of my, one of my guys is dealing with that right now because he's a meticulous record keeper. Um, he was able to shove it up a captain's ass, so um, which is fantastic, you know. And on that note, one of my good friends um, who won't come on the show, but is a very good attorney, um, and has kind of walked me through like what they look for when they look at records. Um, this guy is extremely good at what he does. Uh, he is a defense attorney. Um, if you do something really dumb, he's the guy you want. He, um, when they're looking at it. So, you know, we're talking, well, we're not really talking about the detection side by itself. We're talking about everything in general. I mean, at this point, everybody should know about Florida versus Harris and the importance that certifications and records, like the importance of that, this the stuff that it doesn't talk about in that case, um, that is kind of an undercurrent of what happens and what defense attorneys look for is consistency. They're going to look and see how consistent you are in training. If it's every Tuesday, my guys train on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night. And then they're doing certain stuff on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Like they train every day. Right. And like you said, they get, they do utilization reports. That's another thing. I'm going to go off on a tangent. I'll come back. Utilization reports. If you do a public demo, for God's sakes, take fucking pictures of the dog being in a kindergarten classroom, especially if it's a dual purpose dog. I don't really agree with doing that, but if you take pictures of it and they're like, look, he was around 90 people and he didn't bite anybody because the first thing that some civil attorney is going to do is claim the dog is vicious and they're trained to bite anybody and everything else and you're like look i have 17 utilization reports in one year with 35 pictures around kindergartners and teachers and whatever else and the dog didn't bite anybody he's only supposed to bite people he's he only bites people he's supposed to and then file that shit and then don't worry about it and then if it comes up you're like look here this is the times i got the dog out and there was no problem he only bites people he's supposed to so back to records they're going to look for consistency, whether it's spelling, whether it's handwriting, God forbid you still do handwritten reports, whether it's the way that you document a training issue and how it's resolved. But the trick is consistency. So if you're in a large department, like my home department here, um, they obviously is a very large department and they have a very detailed system of doing things. And when you look at their reports, it's like one person writes all of them. That's how good they are, right? The only way you can tell who wrote it is who signs it. That's it right? Like all the abbreviations are the same. The formatting is the same. It looks like one person does all the reports, which for a defense attorney is a fucking nightmare because then there it's even the consistency is there among like when they train on trace amounts of odor, what they use for the odors and what they use for the amounts is consistent all the way down to how they put it into training logs. Now, my smaller departments, they use a me- like a like a menagerie of different ways of doing it. Some use computer systems, some use a combination of paper and computer. Most of them will all use computer, but they always different stuff. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, for God's sakes, be fucking consistent. When you write reports, be consistent. When you use, if you're going to misspell something, at least misspell it the same way all the time, which is fine because that is what they will look at. They're looking for a way to say that you are not a detailed, detail oriented individual, which means that you can probably make mistakes. If you can make mistakes in things as minuscule as paperwork, then your ability to identify changes in behavior or your ability to make split second decisions when you're going to bite somebody 
is probably going to be called into question too. So be consistent and whatever fucking program you want to use fine if you don't have consistency for god's sake send eric and i an email i'll send you the reports that i write for my guys and i'm like fill in the blanks this is where your change of behavior goes this is where your alert goes this is where this goes this is where this goes this is where your certifications and this is where your experience and blah 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 goes right and it's literally fill in the blank all you got to do is fill it in and then hit spell check and you're good to go i think the last one uh we can we'll jump on is uh, from Ben. Is it Rochel? Right. How, how social should a working dog dual purpose oh, yeah. be? Is that it okay one. that he's an ass in his kennel cruiser so long as he's neutral to backup cover officers and when doing detection work? Right. Go for uh, it. So one of the big like things recently is during the selection process and you know subtle talked about it i think in episode three um and then we've talked about it since then too um during the selection process now like dogs nowadays have to be social i think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding about what that actually means uh in the police canine world um when you hear that with people that don't understand what we're talking about Social to most people means that the dog can walk up and be petted and can be like whatever, right? So, like if you get a dog from the pound or whatever, you got a pet, you take it to, you know, wherever, you take it to Home Depot and he's in walking around and people walk up and give it treats and whatever else, that's fine. For us, and, I, and I've and i argued this for years, that we shouldn't recall, I, I just call it indifferent. The dogs are just indifferent. They're not social, they're indifferent. They don't really care about other people. They don't care about news, they don't care about backing officers. That's one of the big things we talk about all the time is neutrality backing officers. They don't care about other people around, you know, they don't care about kids. You take them into a room, like a kindergarten room. And social to me means that the only thing they're there for is to work and they just pay attention to the handler unless they need to be paying attention to somebody else if it's a dual purpose dog. But I don't want them seeking attention from other people. I don't want them seeking attention from backing officers. I don't want them looking to anyone else other than the handler. And I want them to just kind of ignore everything else around them, either ignore loud noises, ignore other people, ignore like whatever. And that to me is what social means. So, specifically he talked about dogs that are barking in the kennel um you and i both uh eric hate dogs that bark in the car fuck i hate that and um for one you know they get all fucking spun up and spin around the car all the time and then when you're on fucking radio you know it sound like if you're talking dispatch the only thing you hear is a stupid dog barking and then you know mike brought up an interesting point um that I mean, we talk about it. We didn't talk about it openly, but where you're trying to sneak up on somebody and the fucking dog is barking and they just won't shut up. So I prefer them to be quiet in the car. Like, I don't mind if like, if you walk up and hit the window, that's fine. I mean, they're going to bark at you, but um, I, I don't allow them to bark in the car. I don't allow them to bark like in a kennel. I hate dogs that bark in kennels. I, it is one of my pet peeves. I will put, a fucking bark collar on a dog faster than you can blink. So social, yeah. Social, they just need to be indifferent. They don't need to be paying attention to other people. Um, and then as far as barking goes, no, they need to be barking when it's time to bark. That's it. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. So, Yeah, well, nothing. in that case, 
All right, so I'm going to get back to a rant uh, real quick. We're going to be wrapping this up. We'll end up being the longest episode of our history here. Um, <laughs> a couple things I want to bring up about the state of canine is, um, number one, we'll, we'll talk about mindset. Um, so I have a buddy of mine that runs a training group in the south, one of the southern states. I'm not going to get into where. but um, So he has a guy in his unit or in his, in his uh, program that loves to talk shit. I think the guy has like one bite. Get, first of all, if you have one bite, big fucking deal. But um, he he has this thing where he loves to brag about how how good his dog's out is. That his dog has the best out in the training group. And it's out, 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 out. Um, look here, dude. If you're listening to this, and I hope you are, um, you're thinking the wrong thing. You're focused on the wrong aspect of canine. You, your out will not catch the bad guy. Your out will not stop a bad guy from doing something to you. Your out will not stop the guy from doing something to a citizen or another officer. But the bite would. And so recently the... Um, the trainer put the handlers through uh, one of our scenarios that we do. Mr. Big Badass Canine, his dog fucking blew it. It was terrible. Shit the bed. And all it was was a little bit of pressure. Um, guys, you're out there working the street. Focus on what is going to save your life. That is your dog bringing it. I mean fucking bringing it to these dudes. Don't stress about how awesome your out is. I would laugh you out of the room if you were here. Get out of here with that stuff. Focus on the bite work. Focus on the tracking. Focus on the man hunting. Um, everyone focuses on the detection. That goes without saying. Um, do things right. Concentrate on saving your life. Again, you're not supposed to be in canine for the car and the better schedule. You're That's supposed to be in it because you want to work. Dogs' jobs are to find stuff and bite people. I mean, yeah. that, uh, that's the that's end it. of the day, like not, not out people. I mean, like we had Carlos on and everybody loved it. It was a great episode, but Carlos said it's called bite work, not out work. And, yeah, and genius I mean, comment. It was, I mean, so, and he's right. And, you know, and Eric and I both have gone. And if you've watched anything from us on the HRD stuff or any of the conferences that we do, we talk about how certification is and shit. The episode we just did with Ben and Ray, that was right before this, I think it's the, literally the episode right before this one. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, you have to have those certifications. All of our dogs do out that we do that, but for God's sakes, like, <laughs> I mean, we got to bridge the gap somehow. And that's what we're, that's what we're about. This is what this is. That's what this started as. So that's what, that's what Eric means. <laughs> right. Right. So, and the last thing that I'm going to bring up is, um, and this has been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. And it's just this thing that still permeates in canine and it's, um, guys who buy their way into canine, 
Um, and listen, if you go to your department and tell them that you have a great dog and that you should start up a canine program and that you'll give them a dog, you have one, um, you'll get them in there for nothing. You're buying your way into canine and your unit will fail. Uh, you're, you're destined to do nothing. Um, you might go there for a little while. Um, I said this a lot is that, um, you have to, uh, the, the idea for a canine program has to come from the top. If it doesn't, it's doomed to fail. Um, and the department is responsible for buying the dogs. They're responsible for paying for the food. They're responsible for paying for the vet, vet bills, covering all aspects, your gas for your cruiser, um, all that stuff. They're responsible for that. Now, I'm not saying that about going and fundraising, a department fundraising, you know, for, for free dogs. Um, but if you're getting new into canine and you're buying your way in with a dog, uh, stop it. Stop it. Make the department buy the dogs, pay for the food. Uh, you know, we went out and found free food vendors to give us. That, that's different. I'm talking about the worst thing I've heard of, man, the worst, dude, is there's a department. And I, don't, I don't know if it's the only one, but there's a department, again, in the South. I don't know what is wrong with you people in the South, weird programs, um, where the department buys the dog, fronts the money on the dog, pays for it. Then you as the handler have to buy the dog back from them. Not when you retire, like right away. You can make payments that they will take out of your check, or you can use a credit card, you can get money, you can pay it off. But the handler owns the dog which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Because what happens is then we go to training. You come to my training group and you work for the department that I'm the head trainer for. You come there and I say, today we're going to do this. And you say, no, I'm not doing that. And you and I say, yes, you are, because that's what the training is for today. And you work for me in this department. And the handler says, I own this dog. It's not your dog. You can't tell me what to do with it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Don't buy your own dogs. Make the department buy them. Or if you have a, if, uh, an association that fundraises, that type of thing, that's great. But you got to sign it over to the department because they will fuck you over every single time. Yes. That's it. They will. I got nothing to add. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you can't buy your way in. I mean, it has to come from, I mean, it, it has to come from the top. I mean, if you don't have support, you will get fucked every single way, whether it's in pay because they're supposed to pay you extra, whether it's in use of force when it's justified, they won't go to bat for you. And then when the dog is hurt, through working or the dog is hurt through genetic problems or whatever it is, they will not support you. So, I mean, if you don't have support of admins, you might as well not have the dog. I mean, it yeah, sucks. And That's again, they, they only do that in canine. They only do it yeah, in canine. I know. They don't make... If you went to a department and said, hey, I'm self-certified in SWAT. I went and got myself certified. Can I come on and be on your they SWAT team They would fucking right laugh now? at you. Yes, everyone would laugh at you. Everybody. 
It's ridiculous. It's the dumbest thing ever. Guys, it's 2019. If you have to convince a chief or a sheriff the value of a canine, you're working for an idiot. Run for the hills. Period. Yep. So, all right, that's it, Ted. On that. Yeah. That's it. We're uh, going to Philly. Coming up, anything? Philly. And then. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. shit. We leave, I, I leave tomorrow. Yeah, I leave tomorrow. So, Philly, hrdpolicecanine.com. Uh, and then, you know, you can find me at Torchlight Canine. And then, you know, uh, Working Dog Dry Goods as well. So, we still do that. Paint dog faces. So, um, yeah. yeah. Patreon, don't forget. Our Patreon yep. account. Check out. Get on there. Check out Working Dog Radio. Uh, we put up a lot of free videos. When we go to our seminars or, you know, HRD stuff, we we use Mevo cameras and we videotape everything. And then we put them up on, up on the site so you can see the scenarios and we talk about them. Um, I'm on Van S Canine. I still think it's weird that people follow the show and don't follow us, but whatever. Van S Canine uh, on Instagram. Check it out. And uh, thanks for listening to us, bitch. Yep. We'll see everybody later. See ya. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at almk9equipment.com that's the letter K, the number 9, or Arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off your first order tell him you heard it here now go get bit eric here like many trainers ted and i go through toys with the hard super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel so we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high drive working dogs that's where usa canine dog toys excel their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound they have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys all made to last and are very affordable all the toys are military themed go to the website www.usa-canine.com Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code k 9 Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom. And we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up, specifically for guys on this podcast. If you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. 
They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.